Welcome back to the Gathering Place of All Nations. This Sunday morning, Pastor John Irving shared a message about what kind of life are you creating with your words. I pray that you are blessed by this message and your ears are open to hear what God has to say. Praise God. Well, let's um, get into the word. Let me change glasses. Um, let me just say one comment on the election this week. All right. There are many disappointments, and there are some high points. All right. Except I just find it a little surprising how the recent uh, polls have gone in what we would say, what some of us would say the wrong direction. And so, but the good news is that many, 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 many uh, school boards have flipped to the conservative. They are, they are tired of the uh, CR, yeah, CRT, critical race theory, the gender dysphoria stuff. There, 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 there are many, 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 many school boards that are not being spoken about, but many of them flipped. Not all of them, but many of them flipped, and so are children. Uh, when I say are, I'm saying North America. I'm saying that the children uh, will be in better hands as a result of this wedding, uh, this, this election. Now that is good news, amen? Uh, the other good news is I have about a 35-page message. And I can't find the first page. So anyway, um, I, I know where I want to go. So I'll just, um, if you turn to Psalm 19, I want to go to Psalm 19 and then to Psalm 1 and then to uh, Psalm 1. Uh, and that's just an introduction. That's not even in my notes. Uh, the good news is I printed out, this is going to be all scripture this morning. Is that okay? It's going to be absolutely all scripture. I'm just going to make a comment or two here and there. And I'm going to let the word of God speak. And um, this verse I want to read to you today is the last verse, verse 14 of chapter 19. And this verse has been kind of a hallmark verse from almost since I got saved. I don't think I've spoken it here in 21 years, uh, but it's still one of my go-to verses. It's one of the first verses I memorized. Um, uh, so you say, why do you go there? I just want to make sure I don't trip up. All right, when you're up here with a microphone, sometimes you can trip up. So I'm going to make sure I do it correctly. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my rock, my redeemer, let the words of my mouth, let the words of my mouth, that's what I want to talk about today, the words of our mouth, all right? What words are we speaking? What words are we saying uh, to ourselves? 
What words are we speaking to other people? What words are we listening to? We're going to go through a lot of scripture today. Partly this was a message in James chapter 3 that I taught earlier this week. And part of that uh, uh, will be a little bit uh, addressed today. But our words have power. Have you ever um, been with someone or a group of people and someone said something clean but funny? That can change your atmosphere. It can make, cause you to laugh. It can cause you to, to cry with joy, all right? When someone says something depressing, all right, that can really pull us down, all right? We got some very bad news this week, and that was disappointment, keep disappointing. Keep Deidre and her family in prayer. Her godson this week, uh, 27 years old, was found by the police dead. And so that was very discouraged. When we get bad news, when someone speaks, that can really bring us down. But then we can get news. We hear John and Janice had a phenomenal trip down to the DR, and we hear all these great words that can lift you up, all right? And, uh, and so anyway, uh, our words, uh, we're going to get into, have a lot of power. Now, if you look at this, this is one of my favorite psalms. I got lots of favorites, all right? Psalm 119 is one of my favorite psalms, but it's like 176 verses. It's not an easy one to get through. But it's all about the Word. If you're having trouble getting in reading the Word of God, has, I've got my hand up. Have you ever had, so I'm saying I come in agreement. So therefore that makes it easier for the rest of you. Have you ever went through a dry spell where you can't read the Word or you're so busy or, or you, got, you have a moment that you just can't get into the Word of God for whatever reason? Once in the last 40 years, maybe every month, I don't know. All right, just wave your hands if you're like me. You have, you have trouble getting into this book at times. All right? Uh, read Psalm 119 out loud. By the time you finish reading, it will take you, if you go through it at a modest pace, it will take you about an hour to read that out loud. And I'm telling that you will have such a love for the Word of God. Whenever I get into those dry moments, all right, I go to Psalm 119. Maybe I don't have time to read it all, so I'll read a few verses. And if I really don't have time to read it all, I go to Psalm 19 because it's the same thing, only much shorter. All right, the first seven verses is all about the law, all about Scripture, all about the Word of God. That's what Psalm 19 is all about. Every verse except one, maybe two, have some aspect of the statutes, the law, the Word, uh, of God, the law. And so this first uh, six verses actually is like a stanza from Psalm 119. Let me read this here. The heavens are telling the glory of God. All right, now let me just make a correction here. First 7 to 14 is all about the law. The first six verses are about creation. This psalm is absolutely incredible for building you up to know, have faith in your creator and the word of God. Telling of the glory of God and the expanse is declaring the work of his hands day by day, your speech. All right. Remember, we're talking about words. 
the heavens speak. Have you ever been out, you see the Milky Way, starry night, the, 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 you know, and it's not cloudy and it's a clear night and you're not around too much light pollution in the cities? All right, it can be absolutely, you look up, you, if you go to the cottage, you lay down on the, the dock. I remember having somebody from the city up at our cottage once, and he went down, it was, a, it, it was incredible, the Milky Way, he laid down on the dock and just looked for half an hour at the sky. All right, just in absolute, you know, God is speaking through, through, through nature, all right? And uh, day to day, uh, nature, the heavens, pour forth speech. And at night, tonight, it reveals knowledge. What knowledge? That there is a creator. There is something outside, something bigger than man. We need to get a reminder. We need to give our head a shake when we think that we are greater, that, that man is, is, is all there is. There's so much greater than us, all right? And the, the one is Jesus, amen, the creator. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun. Wow, the, 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 the language is just so rich. Which is a bride, like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run its course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens, and its circuit is to the other end of them. There is nothing hidden from its heat. All right, except when you're in the Arctic and it's wintertime. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so that, that's talking about creation. It's talking about creation. If you read the book of Romans chapter 1, it says men are without excuse because very nature... The leaves, the trees, the stars, all point at the fact that there is a creator. And so that men are without excuse. When men and women stand before God for judgment, they will say, well, you never told us you existed. He's going to come out and say, didn't you look at see the stars? Didn't you see the flowers? Didn't you see uh, the, the little uh, bunny rabbits? Now, if they're in your yard, that could be a problem. But anywhere else, they're, they're beautiful you know, uh, didn't you see a newborn baby? All right. Isn't it interesting that uh, I'm, I'm actually not going to go down that road. Okay. I'm um, going to be using some wisdom. Ask me afterwards and I'll tell you. Verse 7, we have a shift. You can put a little line and an arrow going up, creation, and an arrow going down. Now we're getting into the law. This part is like Psalm 119. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise a simple. Daily, I'm reading these verses, uh, trying to memorize much of this psalm. The precepts, or the statutes of the Lord, are right and rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. This is the one I really, really, really like. The fear of the Lord is clean. What an incredible verse. The law of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. These are words. These are words in the Bible that have life. It is important for us to be in 
the word. Be a student of the word. It says here they're true. They're righteous altogether. For they are more desirable than gold. Yes, what's that? God's word. The, the word of God. More desirable than gold and much finer than gold. Sweeter than the honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern? Now listen to this. Verse 12 and 13 I'm trying to memorize as well. All right. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of secret or hidden faults. Also, keep back thy servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule me or have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. And then that verse that I started, speaking about the law, speaking of the word of God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You don't have to turn there, but in Psalms chapter 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not after the counsel. Those are words. What counsel are we walking after? What words, who are we listening to, either on TV, our friends, our family? Who are we listening to? What counsel? All right, if the person's an ungodly person, you need to be careful of who you're listening to. If you're like me, all right, I have wonderful family members, but all of them are ungodly. And all of them have very different views on science, on the pandemic, on elections, on, on life. They don't have a biblical perspective. Now, if they're talking about how to change a tire, well, I can listen to that because I don't know that very well. I used to know it. You know, if I want my tire changed, I go to a nil. Come on now. He just changed our tires this week. It's good to have a nil here. All right? If you need a good mechanic, go see a nil. All right? Um, but when it comes to life and, and living life according to God, I'm not going to go to the ungodly. The words that he or she speaks are not words of life and truth. So, blesses the man that does not walk after the counsel of the ungodly, does not stand in the way of the sinners, or sit in the seat of the mockers or the scornful. What, 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 does mourn, what does scornful and mockers use? They use words. They use words. If you're in university or school, uh, right now, you will find that your professors, your teachers, your fellow students will often use words that are, don't line up with Scripture. And you have to be careful not to sit and to listen and to receive and accept that teaching, those words. But his delight is in the law of the world. This is where, where we're getting. His delight is in the law of the of the Lord, the word of God. And in it he doth meditate when? Both day and night. I'm telling you, we're living in an age. I've been doing this for some time now. Morning and evening I'm in the word. I'm memorizing the word. I'm reading the word. I'm thinking about the word. It is transformative. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, 
but be ye transformed by renewing your mind. How are you going to renew your mind? It's the Word of God. All right? And so it's not just the words that we speak, it's the words that we receive. The words that we accept are very, very, very important. And in Joshua 1.8, it says, Joshua is told, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate it both day and night. There it is, the same as in Psalms 1-2. And what happens when you meditate on it day and night? You'll be like a tree planted. Well, that's in uh, Psalm 1, all right? But in, in, in Joshua 1-8, it says that then you'll be prosperous and successful. And in Psalm 1-2, it follows up with you'll be like, or Psalm 3, you'll be like a tree planted beside living waters, which bring forth its fruit in season, and its leave never withers. How, how many would like to, to be able to have a life that doesn't wither? All right. Now, I know this outward man is wasting away, but the in, inward man, the Bible says, is growing stronger day by day by day, or at least it should. All right. And all that he does shall prosper. So when you get in this book day and night, you can expect to have your life prosper. You want to have a prosperous life? Get in this book. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, this week we were in James chapter 3, and we were uh, dealing with issues of the tongue, the words that we speak. Now, I'm going to read about 30 scriptures. That's what I'm going to say. And I might make a comment here or there. And then I'm going to follow, follow up at the end from 2 Kings chapter 4 about the oil. And what we're going to do is after I speak these words of life, you're going to be so saturated. Don't go to sleep on me. All right? Don't, don't, don't say, oh boy, he's just going to be reading a bunch of scriptures. Let these scriptures speak life into you. Because these are the words. Determine in your heart that you are going to have words that build up. What, what, what is, what's the gift of prophecy? It is to enrich. It is to encourage. It is to edify, to build up. That's what prophetic words are supposed to do. That's what God wants us to be speaking. I'm not saying there isn't going to come a time where you have to sit someone down and, and be uh, gut honest with somebody. But you have to do that in love and you have to do it taking the speck out of, uh, uh, take the log out of your eye before you take the speck out of somebody else's eye. All right, so here we go. We're going to go through a whole whack of scriptures. You want to write them down and look at them later, but don't bother uh, to, uh, to read them. And if you're on the machine, I didn't give you them, so you may follow me, you may not. It, it, it's up to you. Here we go. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt or coarse talk come out of your mouths. All right? Guys are, or, or ladies are, are speaking about a coarse or... Or a perverted joke, don't laugh at it. You may not be able to excuse yourself. I remember when I was in the world, I was in an occupation, predominantly men, uh, engineering and whatnot, and every now and then they'd come out with a coarse joke and everybody would laugh. I couldn't say I, I, I need to go somewhere else. Sometime it was we were driving in a truck. How, how could you get out of it? You, you know, but I didn't laugh. 
You don't have to laugh at, at these things, and people will know. They'll see, and then you don't have to respond with swear words. All right, I made a decision a long time ago. I used to swear with the best or the worst of people. I could, I, I could, I could speak like a sailor or whatever you want to want to say uh, before I became a Christian. But I, when I became a Christian, I put away all that all that language. It was a conscious choice. Even when I'm angry, I have a choice. I do not have to swear. I do not have to use the Lord's name. I don't have to use vulgar language in any type of situation. All right? I have a few words maybe that I replace it with, but, uh, you know, when you're really angry, but they're not swear words. All right? Uh, But only as such as is good for what? Building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So our words are supposed to build people up. Ephesians 5.4 Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Verse 6 Let no one deceive you with empty words. How many people know there's all kinds of deception going on right now? There is so many empty words, blasphemous words. Um, For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. God is the one that judges, and he will judge people that are saying things that are wickedness and evil. Colossians, how about verses 8, 9, and 10? But now you must put them all away. What do we put away? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. We control our mouth. It's not the Holy Spirit that controls us. The Holy Spirit gives us the strength so we don't have to do it. And the first thing God did with me and the first thing God does with almost every believer is he washes your mouth out or my mouth out with soap. Holy Ghost washing. All right. How many people, when you became Christian, uh, uh, God began to clean up your language? Anybody happen? All right. It's a sign of the fruit of the Spirit working in your lives, all right, um, that comes on the sun so disobedient. Oh, sorry. In, in, uh, do not lie to one another. God hates lying. I don't know about you, but I hated lying since I was about 10 years old. Somebody lied to me. In fact, about 14, I beat up my best friend because he lied to me. I mean, I put him down a headlock, and he, he told me, and I was, I was pulverizing him. Don't you ever lie to me again. We got up. We were best friends still. He never lied to me after that point. I'm not saying that's the way you should do it. I wasn't a Christian, all right? But uh, I remember that, okay? Um, seeing that you put off the old self in its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creation. In, in Colossians 4.16, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. I, I want you to know by reading these scriptures, not that, that there's an abundance, and, and, I, and I only got like 30 pages, there was more. So some of the pages, uh, the verses are very big, and there's only like one or two verses on a page. So we'll, I'll start turning some of the pages pretty quick, pretty soon. 
All right, so rest, rest assured. And, and, and you need to know, well, okay. There was a clock right up here. All right, uh, if, you didn't, if you don't know, we had a power outage here from about 8 to a little after 9 o'clock and, uh, today. And uh, we, had a, we had a backup team. We had the grand piano ready to go, and, and all the uh, worshipers were back there. We were, if, if we didn't have power, we had all these lights, uh, emergency lights and whatnot. So we were going to turn the, the upper, upper row around and open up the, the glass doors and have people, so we were going to have church out there, around the grand piano, all right? We were not going to not have church. We were going to have church. You might have to wear your winter coat, but I'm not, anyway, we were going to have church. But the power came back on, and I guess the clock is one thing that didn't come back on. And I'm running out of time already. All right, uh, Exodus 27, that's, uh, part of the Ten Commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. It's one of the first words we stop using when we become a Christian. Is the name of Jesus a swear word. All right? Now that's Exodus 27. Psalms 34, 12 and 14. These are all in the English Standard Version. What man is there who desires life and love many days that he may see good? Therefore, if you want that, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Wow. I'm only through a few of them and I'm starting to get convicted. All right? Proverbs 424, put away from you crooked speech. Wow, and I got some gold dust on that one. Glory to God. And put away devious talk from far from you. Uh, Proverbs 10, 11, so many in Proverbs. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Verse 9, Proverbs 19, 1, better a poor person who walks in his integrity. Think about that. Better to be poor and have your integrity, all right, than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Matthew 12, 36. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. This is where I like to pray crop failure. <laughs> Lord... I pray, and I pray for all of us, crop failure for every word that we have spoken that is, did not come from you. Any word of judgment, of lies, of deception, of hurt, of pain that we have, made, have caused in our life, we, we ask crop failure that they will not, they will not produce fruit. They will not produce uh, uh, any kind of bad result. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Anybody learn that when you're a kid? You did something, and your parents are talking to you, you keep your mouth shut. <laughs> All right, if I open it, I'm in trouble. <laughs> All right? 
How about this one? Proverbs 25, 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Wow. So our words can come at a very timely moment. We can speak directional. We can speak hope. We can speak something into somebody's life that can bring encouragement. Uh, over the years, I cannot recall all the people that have talked to me that wanted to commit suicide. And God can bring people to you that are in a desperate situation. And you can speak words fit, fitly spoken. Not to my knowledge has anyone ever committed suicide. And it's, I don't take it that it was me. I would say it was the words of life that you speak. All right? Proverbs 10, 19. When words are many, transgressions are not far. All right? When you, if you can't control your mouth, the Bible in James says, be slow to speak, be quick to listen, be slow to anger. God gave us two ears and a mouth for a reason. I've often thought, can you imagine if we had one ear and two mouths, one, one mouth on this side, one mouth on that side, and I'm saying something that's crooked on this side and saying something good on that side. You know, God in his wisdom only gave us one mouth. All right? And um, praise God. The Proverbs 10, 14, the wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near it. 10, 32, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. Verse 17, 27, whoever restrains his words has knowledge. Are you getting, I'm hoping that the words of life will penetrate and touch each and every one. This is not how I usually preach, but I really feel to do that today, to, rather than trying to, to convince you that we need to be careful about our words. How about the scripture do it? Amen? And then it says here, do not be rash in Ecclesiastes 5.2 with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. There's a song by that, let your words be few. All right? It, 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 there, there's a, there's a, a quote, I might get to it, I don't know if I'm going to have time, but uh, one of the great uh, preachers, I think it was A.W. Tozer, I'm going to paraphrase it, says about the tongue. The tongue has a, a, a seal. You can close your mouth. You can close your teeth. It's, the tongue is guarded by a gate of teeth. And somehow it still escapes. Somehow our words can still escape from the mouth and our teeth, and it still gets out and causes trouble. All right? Um, Romans 3, 10 through 18. I'm just going to read a part of this. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Not one. No one understands. No one seeks God for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat, here it is, their throat is an open grave. And they use their tongue to deceive. The venom of us is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. This is where we can say, ouch. 
Titus 3, 2, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy towards all people. Here we go, Psalm 109, 1 to 31. I'm just going to let you do that, all right? They, I'll just read one portion of it. They encircle me with the words of hate, and they attack me without cause. In return for my love, they accuse me. But I give myself to pray. So they reward me evil for good and hatred for love. Folks, we're coming into this time where they're going to, even if they um, put us in jail, they're going to think they're doing God a favor. All right? We need to watch over our tongue. All right? Here it is in 1 Corinthians. Therefore, I want you to understand, no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. All right? And so here I go, flipping pages. 1 Peter 3.10. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. Psalms. Sin is not ended by the multiplying of words, but the prudent hold their tongues. Proverbs. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Again, Proverbs. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gush evil. Proverbs 17. Who, listen to this one. Whoever would foster love covers over an offense. Folks, we got to be careful how we get offended. We're dealing with the bait of Satan. The bait of Satan is offense. Do not allow yourself to be offended. And when you are offended... And all of us will be offended. The Bible says not if you are offended. It says when you are offended. When you do get offended, quickly analyze it, all right, and, and, and pull down that, 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 that bitterness and that hatred and that, 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 that lie before it consumes you, all right? Foster, whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. You hear some gossip and you share it? Matthew 15. What goes into a mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that's what defiles them. When you get angry, when, when, when something happens and you're upset, all of a sudden what is, what's already in your, heart, in your heart really comes out. And words that you say, that you cannot take them back. And what comes out, you, you, you can sometimes... A moment of 10 seconds on your lips can take a lifetime to try to correct. We have to be careful with our words, folks. Bite your tongue. I literally sometimes bite my tongue, telling me, do not say anything. And I still get in trouble sometimes. All right? And anybody know what I'm talking about? All right? Uh, Proverbs 21, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Proverbs 26, without wood, a fire goes out. Listen to this. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. You getting the wisdom here? The Bible is full of what we are to do with our tongue and what we're not to do. Proverbs 31, the, the, uh, the wise 
a wife. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. That's mothers. All right, Psalm 34. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Psalm 141. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Titus, I'm, I'm almost going to wrap up here. Titus 3, 1 and 2. Remind the people, the subject, be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. Then it says, to slander no one, to be peaceable, to be considerate, and to be always gentle towards everyone. All right? If your house is a battleground, you are the one to begin to bring peace. You are called to be a peacemaker between a husband, a wife, between different people, members of your family. If your work is a, is a, is a, is a, is a problem, then you are to call to be a peacemaker by your actions, by what you say and what you don't say. All right? Proverbs 18, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips. They are satisfied. All right? Now, this is the key one, and we're going to begin to wrap up here and go into James. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. All right? And um, I've got, I got a bunch more, but I want to move on. How about we say this, this one, in Psalms 119, may my lips overflow with praise. It's not only what we're not supposed to say, it's what we're supposed to say. We need to be praising God. Why do, why do we take a half an hour, an hour or so to sing praise songs, worship songs to God? We're training our mouth. It's a time of training that we speak out of our heart our love for God, amen? And when we begin to praise him, uh, the, the Bible says in Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, all right? And uh, may my son sing your word, for all your commandments are righteous. Six things the Lord hates, a lying tongue, a heart that devises wicked schemes, all right, a false witness, all having to do with the tongue. The words are, are, of their mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream. All right, the lips of fool bring them strife. And we can go on and on and on and on. But I want to get to, um, I want to get to James chapter 3. There's six things here in James chapter 3. You can follow along in your Bibles, or you can put it up on the screen. All right, I'm going to start at verse 3. All right, the tongue is a small member of our body, but we can use it for wickedness or for good. When we put bits into the first illustration, I'm not going to, there's six of them, you can find them all. Uh, when we put bits in the mouths of horses, we make them to obey us. We can turn the whole animal just by pulling the rein. Anybody ridden a horse? All right, and all you have to be told is if you want to turn right, turn, hold the, 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 uh, the, the stirrup, or the, um, not the stirrup, the, the reins, pull on the right side. Or take ships for an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. 
wherever the pilot, wherever the captain wants it to go. And it says here in verse 5, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force to set a fire by a small spark. Start. Spark. All right? The tongue is also a fire. Can you imagine the imagery here? A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the entire body. Sets the whole course of somebody's life on fire. And it is itself set on fire by hell. Everybody can just take a, 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 a gasp right here. All right? Our tongue can be set on fire by hell. If we do not control our tongue in anger, in rage, in misinformation, purposeful deceit, we can be just like, remember uh, Peter? Jesus said, who do you say that I am? He says, you're the son of God. And Jesus says, um, earth did not reveal that. My father in heaven revealed that to you. Five verses later, Jesus says how he's going to die. And Peter, no, never. It will never happen that way. And then what did uh, Jesus replies? Get thee behind me, Satan. So, hey, you know what? We can have mountaintops where we really get it, where we can get right with God. Then we need to be humble enough to realize that we can get it totally wrong. We can really mess up. All right? Um, and we can speak something that doesn't come from God and it can hurt people. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil. Just take your tongue and hold it for a minute. All right, this is very, very, very evil. All right? Your tongue is restless evil, full of deadly poison. You know, what, what, what's, what's made one of the major problems in the church is gossip, slander, disagreement, quarrels. All right? That's why I'm teaching this, so that we won't have that in our congregation. That we can teach you how to live peacefully at home if we watch our lips. Instead of speaking bad things, how about we turn it around and begin speaking something good? All right? I'm, your assignment this weekend, all right, is when you leave here, you need to find four or five people in person in your house, by phone, by text, and say something good to them, even if it's somebody, all right, that was not nice to you. John Bevere told about his uh, uh, son, and I think it was grade six, maybe grade five, and his teacher was really um, criticizing him, and, and uh, he was getting into trouble, and, and so they had a father-son talk, and he convinced him that his attitude towards his teacher was wrong. And uh, so he went in, sat down with the teacher, and asked for forgiveness for being disruptive and being a bit of a loudmouth and being wrong. And uh, I asked the teacher if you could forgive me. And his behavior changed. And he, be, he, he went from the, the, um, from the uh, uh, least-like student 
to the teacher's favorite over the next few months, and his grades went from way down here to up here. Our, our nephew, um, Peter, he's now in 22, I guess it is, somewhere around there. He's with the uh, Air Force military in, uh, in the U.S. In grade six, he had a similar experience. All right, he was doing poorly in math. It wasn't his strength. Has anybody ever done poorly in math? All right, and, uh, and Victoria taught him how to say something, say a prayer, um, which I forgot. It's a declaration about um, my ability to understand math uh, excels in this classroom, and I'm anointed to learn math. I'm anointed to learn mathematics at a level my school has not seen before, all for the glory of God. And he went from the bottom to the top of the class within six months. And math became his specialty throughout high school. All right? He got awards and whatnot. Our mouth can change our circumstances. All right? Um, verse, um, verse 9. For with the tongue we praise the Lord our Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. We shouldn't curse people. I'm not saying that you're never... That nobody, in our families, in our, in our situations, we're going to have times where somebody can push buttons. You know what? If you're a husband or your wife, you know what buttons to push. Wife, Victoria knows what buttons. All right? And she says, but you shouldn't have any buttons. All right? And she's actually right, you know? Uh, we shouldn't have any buttons, but we all do. All right? Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this shouldn't be. We come to church and we praise God and we lift our hands and we sing and we go home and we curse and we swear. This shouldn't be, folks. This shouldn't be. I'm hoping it doesn't happen in this body, but I would be amiss if I said that. Um, I, I didn't know that it was happening in some places. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig bear, uh, fig tree bear olives or a grape vine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. And I got about 10 other pages here. I'm going to skip them all. All right. Um, and I'm going to get right to the, uh, right to the back where we're going to begin to anoint people in just a couple of minutes. If you could turn in your Bibles. Okay, was that, was that okay? Does, were, are, did, what, do you, what do you think? Does, does the Bible have something to say about words? The only thing that makes us different from animals is our ability to speak and our ability to understand what is being spoken. All right? It's the only thing that, that, well, it may not be the only thing, but it's one of the biggest things that separates us from a dog or a cat or a turtle or a bird, whatever, all right? Now, some of them can understand certain things, you know? You could teach a dog to shake a paw or roll over, play dead, fetch, you know? They, they understand certain words. They, they get to know what their name is, but that's very, very limited, and they, they can never respond. You don't, you, don't say, you, don't, you don't say it to your dog, 
Let's say your dog's name is Joe, or, or let's, say, let's say Ginger. Hey, Ginger, uh, you know, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing, I'm doing good. <laughs> I had a lonely day. I was away, you know. <laughs> you can tell by the eyes, maybe, what a dog is saying, uh, but they can't answer. I, I, lo I love dog movies. And, and you give me a movie with a dog and a little boy, all right, and I'm happy. In chapter 4 of 2 Kings, we were watching a Sid Roth video last night, and this just came to me, this story, while we were watching about anointing. And I had a dream, and I've had lots of dreams about praying for people. This week, I, I, I had a dream praying for this guy, and his leg was all gashed. And I put my hands on it, and it totally went away. And then a few minutes later, there was this lady that had both of them. Both of them were down here. This, this leg was infected with all kinds of yucky stuff. I mean, it was just, you wouldn't even want to touch it, you know? And I prayed, put my hand on, and the leg was totally healed. I've had so many of these healing uh, uh, visions, and, and, and I had a dream not, not too long ago uh, that we prayed, and Victoria prayed, and we anointed everybody. And, um, and that's what we're going to do right now. Uh, we're going to do it fairly quickly, so you don't have to worry about the roast in the oven, all right? If there is such a thing anymore. But here we go, verse 1. And it's fitting to do this because we just told you that words have power. Words have the power of life and death. We didn't really touch on that one. Our words can speak life. Our words can speak death. All right, in a situation. They've even done that with plants. They've, they've, they, they have spoken nice words over plants, and they prosper, and they speak ugly, mean words over other ones, and they shrivel, and they die. Our words have life. And so we're going to speak words over you in this commissioning, in this con consecration time. And uh, now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. This was common practice back in those days. You couldn't pay your bills. Then they would come and take your children. They become slaves. A horrible system. Verse 2. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maid servant has nothing in the house except a little jar of oil. All right, most of us think, well, we don't have any gifts. We don't have a platform. We don't have anything. You know, we're in a financial situation. Our family is being touched. Our, our, our situation is rough. You know, what do I got? I just got a little bit of oil. That's all I got. I got just a little bit of light, a little bit of anointing, not very much, but that's all the Lord needs. Then he said, go borrow some vessels at, a lar at large for yourselves and from your neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few. Go get lots. And you shall go and shut the door behind you and your, uh, you and your sons, and pour 
out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So she went. So the first thing is she did. That sounds like a crazy, dumb thing to do. I got this much in a little bit of, of a jar and you want me to go out and get hundreds of jars and then begin pouring this little bit of that's illogical. God sometimes tells us to do things that are illogical. All right? But he's spoken. And uh, so she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels to her, and she poured. And it came about that the vessels were full, that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more. Then the oil stopped. All right? And she came and told the man of God, and he said, Now go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. God provided through an unusual means. And last night while I was listening to this lady speaking, I felt the Lord say that each one of us has a little bit of oil. And that we can be filled up. And that we can go and pour our lives out on other people. We can use our words to speak something good to people. The entire world is being told negative things on the news. Uh, in, in so many ways. There's so much discouragement. So much hopelessness. So many people want to commit suicide. They want to give up. We have the words of life. We have a choice. Are we going to use our mouth to speak blessings or are we going to curse people? I don't know about you, but the world's doing a pretty good job of cursing us. All right? They're doing a pretty good job. You know? Um, We watched a doggy movie last night, and right at the end, they had to get their leftist socialist agenda right at the end of the movie. Right at the end of the movie. All right, and we looked at each other and said, can you believe this? It was a wholesome movie about a boy and a dog, except for that singer at the end. All right? And, uh, um, but our words have life. Our words have truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, free from everything that's being told to us that's a lie. We want you to experience all what God has for you. Make sure to visit us in person. Visit www.tgpoa.com for more information on how to find us. We hope to see you here soon.